This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Praise the Lord. Well, I just, Jill and I want to just honor Apostle Theo and, and Dr. Bev. We are so grateful for their leadership and their godly example these 42 years. And we, we wouldn't be where we are and our children wouldn't be doing what they're doing if it wasn't for this wonderful couple. So thank you. We love you. And uh, thank you for inviting us to be here and encouraging us to be here. And so uh, are you ready for God's word today? Well, go ahead and turn to your neighbor and tell them, don't drift away. And if you brought your Bible today, do people still bring their Bible to church in South Africa? I'm going to start out here in Hebrews chapter 2. Yesterday, I thought Dr. Allen was going to preach my message. I couldn't believe it. I was like, he's going to preach my message. But I think we're going to kind of tie in together. Hebrews chapter 2, reading from verse 1, it says, Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? And if you read the Passion Translation, it says, it says let's, let's pay closer attention to what we've heard so that we do not drift off course. Now, the theme of this conference is advance. And advance means to move forward. To drift means to deviate from a set course. God wants us to advance in His plan and in His purpose for our life, not to deviate from the course that He has set for us. Do you know that God has a plan and a course for your life? In Hebrews 12, verse 1, it says, Let us strip off and throw aside every unnecessary weight and the sin which so readily clings to and entangles us, and let us run with patient endurance and steady persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Say this. Say, God has a set course for my life. Say, He has a specific race for me to run. But unfortunately, many people have drifted off course from God's plan and purpose for their life. Many people have drifted off course from the Word of God, the things that they've heard the Scripture says. Do you know that during COVID-19, one out of three practicing Christians stopped attending church, and many of them have not returned? In the United States... In 1990, 85% of people identified as Christians. In 2015, 75% identified as Christians. And in 2020, just five years later, 65% identified as Christians. Now, a 20% drop is, is equivalent to 60 million Americans. In 1999, church membership was 70%. In 2000, 
Church membership has fallen to 47%, and only 17% of Americans attend church on a regular basis. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 4 verse 1, the Holy Spirit has explicitly revealed at the end of this age, many will depart from the true faith, one after another, devoting themselves to spirits of deception and following demon-inspired revelations and theories. Is that happening? 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 1, Now brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the Amplified Bible says, the predicted great falling away of those who have professed to be Christians. Now listen, I want to see you in heaven. Not only do I want to see you in heaven, I want you to fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life. I want you to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. And, in, and, and sometimes as a pastor, we have to challenge you. I, I love to preach, you know, exciting, victorious messages, but if that's all you're preaching, then you're not preaching the whole word of God. Like Pastor Theo said last night, part of, part of my job is to warn, to correct, to encourage, and sometimes in my life, some of the greatest sermons that impacted me were the most challenging ones. It says, therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard. When you see the word therefore, it means for that reason. So you have to look what was said before chapter two, verse one. Because at this time, a lot of Christians were leaving Christianity and they were going back into Judaism. And so if you read chapter one, it talks all about how amazing Jesus is. He's better than the prophets. He's better than Moses. He's better than the law. He's better than the angels. To which of the angels did he ever say, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your, your, your footstool? Jesus is amazing. And so he's saying, because Jesus is so amazing, let's not drift away from the things that we have heard. See, back in those days, it cost you to be a Christian. They suffered real persecution. So people were leaving the church and in the last couple of years, we've seen many people leaving the church. People leaving the church is not a new thing. People talk about it like it never happened before. It happened in Bible days. In 1 John 2 verse 19, it says, these people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. But when they left, it proved they did not belong with us. Now, do you think God's sitting up in heaven freaking out, oh gosh, am I still God? No. What did Jesus say? Jesus said in Matthew 7, heaven can be entered only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide enough for all the multitudes who choose its easy way, but the gateway 
to life is small, the road is narrow, and only a few, only a few ever find it. Just a few verses later in the same chapter, Jesus said, verse 21, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those, say only those, only those who actually do the will of my Father will enter. On judgment day, many, say many, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, we cast out demons in your name, we performed many miracles in your name, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. So the writer in Hebrews says, says, we must pay much closer attention to the things we've heard, lest we drift away. And I believe the Lord is saying that to us in this hour. I need you to be paying closer attention to the things you've heard, lest we drift from such a great salvation. Amen? The word drift also means a continuous, slow movement from one place to another, or it means to be carried slowly by a current of water. Now, I'm a certified scuba diver. I'm not in Dr. Allen's league. He is a dive master. But when you scuba dive, there are strong currents. And so they will put the anchor down and they will put markers so that you don't drift away. Because scuba divers have drowned so you look and you check. You've got to keep checking your, mark, your markers because it's easy to drift with the current. And do you know that the world in which we live has currents? We live in a world where Satan is the god of this world, and the whole world is under his control. In 1 John 5, 19, it says, we know that we are children of God. Say, I know I'm a child of God. And the rest of the world around us is under Satan's power and control. So as Christians, we live in a world that's going downstream, and we are swimming upstream. We're going against the current. And you know, it's easy to drift. All you have to do is nothing. A lot of us think, Pastor Steve, I'll never drift away. I'm not out there doing drugs. I'm not sleeping around. All you have to do is drift, is do nothing. You don't have to do something bad to drift. In fact, more often than not, Christians end up drifting, not because of what they do, because of what they stop doing. And I believe the Lord is telling us Check your markers. Tell your neighbor, check your markers. I'm astonished how many Christians drifted away during COVID. We never closed one Sunday. Rodney Howard Brown, is, they, they issued a, a warrant for his arrest on Monday. And I had people telling me, you better not preach on Sunday. And two days later, the governor of our state, Governor DeSantos, came out and declared that church was essential. So I would arrive at church on Sunday and I'd have news, uh, newspaper reporters, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, CBS News, 
French, Canadian, they all want to ask me, why are you open? And I'd say, well, half a mile down the street, there's a place called Home Depot. The parking lot is packed full of cars. Just past that is Walmart. They're open. As long as they're open, I'm open. I kind of, I'm kind of disappointed I never got arrested, though. Because I really wanted to, because I would have such a great lawsuit right now. It would have given me such good publicity, and I'd be suing right now. But unfortunately, I never got that opportunity. Listen, Christians during COVID, it's like they lost their mind. They were so afraid of dying. Why are we so afraid of dying? Let me let, me let you... In, in, let me give you a news flash. You're going to die. There's no way out of it. We are all going to die. Just live long enough and you'll die. The issue is not whether you're going to die. The issue is are you going to live the life that God put you on this earth to live? Are you going to fulfill God's plan and purpose? Are you going to reach the people God called you to reach? In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21, it says, My child, never drift off course. From these two goals for your life, to walk in wisdom and to discover your purpose. Don't forget how they empower you. We've got to make sure that we don't drift away because it can happen slowly without realizing it. Especially if you fall asleep. People have fallen asleep on floaties or you call them lilos. One, one lady fell asleep on her lilo and drifted seven miles out to sea. They had to send a helicopter coast guard to rescue her. She wasn't aware of it. She was sleeping. Can I tell you, a lot of Christians are sleeping right now. And they're drifting and they don't even realize it. In Ephesians 5 verse 14, it says, That is why God says in the scriptures, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Be careful how you live. These are difficult days. Don't live like fools. Live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity you have for doing good. And the Passion Bible says, take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for His purposes. The Bible says, don't live like fools. Live like those who are wise. It reminds me of a parable in Matthew 25, where Jesus spoke about 10 bridesmaids. Five were wise and five were foolish. The five wise were ready. They had their lamps full of oil. The foolish didn't. The bridegroom, when he, the, he was delayed, they all fell asleep. And when the bridegroom returned, only, only the five who were ready went into the marriage feast. And later on, when the five foolish came and they said, Lord, let us in, he said, go away, I don't know you. And Jesus concluded the parable by saying in Matthew 25, verse 13, so stay awake and be prepared for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Tell your neighbor, stay awake and be prepared. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, this is such a powerful scripture, verse 5 from the Message Bible, it says, test yourselves. Test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along, taking everything for granted. Give yourself regular checkups. You need firsthand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. Today, we're getting a checkup. We're testing ourselves. And if you've drifted away, it's time to get on back. What are the markers we need to check? I want to 
give you 10 signs that you drifted. Number one, these are 10 signs to check whether you've drifted or not. Number one, you feel apathetic, which means a lack of enthusiasm. In Revelation 2 verse 4, it says, I have this against you. You have left your first love. The message Bible says you walked away from your first love. You could say you drifted away. Remember, therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. If you feel you've lost your enthusiasm, just repent. Just come on back. Go back to doing the things that you did when you first got saved. Get your fire back. Get your passion back. Get your enthusiasm back. Amen? The second sign that you've drifted, you stop praying. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, never stop praying. How many of you know Jesus prayed a lot? Jesus, so many scriptures tell us Jesus prayed. He'd draw aside early in the morning, late at night, sometimes all night long. If Jesus needed to pray, I think we need to pray. And in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4, it says, The one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress. Apostle Theo, Apostle Theo spoke last night so well about the power of praying in tongues. The more you pray in tongues, the more you advance your progress. The less you pray in tongues, the more you drift. Number three, third sign that you've drifted. You do not read or do the word of God. God told Joshua, Joshua 1 verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Jesus said in Matthew 4 verse 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Job 23 verse 12, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. 2 Timothy 3.16, every scripture has been inspired by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into a path of godliness. Then you will be God's servant, fully mature and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God needs you or God gives you. The word of God feeds your spirit. It helps you make the right choices, the right decisions. It reveals God's will for your life. It reveals who God is. You can never really know God unless you know his word. And some Christians look more to self-help books than they do to the word of God. You don't need self-help. You need God's help. Number four, the fourth sign that you've drifted, you don't go to church every week. Hebrews 10, 25, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward, forward, 
as we anticipate that day dawning. Now, you've got to realize the time that this was written, Christians were being imprisoned for gathering together. They were being martyred for gathering together. Yet apparently, there is something so significant about gathering together that the writer to the Hebrews said, it's worth risking your life. I recently had someone tell me, a member of our church, he hadn't been to church in a while, and I called him. And he said to me, Pastor Steve, my faith is just as strong. I don't think it's made very much of a difference. I guess they must be smarter than God is. The thing about not attending church, the more you miss it, the less you miss it. I pray that we never close the church again. I don't care what is going on in the world. This is the place where people are going to be healed. And what's the worst can happen? You die and you go to heaven. Number five, the fifth sign that you have drifted, you stop reaching lost people. Proverbs 11.30, the one who is truly wise wins souls. Jesus said, you are to go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, everywhere. The apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Verse 22, I have become all things to all men that I might by all means and at all costs and in any and every way save some by winning them to faith in Jesus Christ. He said in Acts 20, 24, my life is worth nothing unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you told someone about Jesus? When's the last time you brought someone to church? Because when you're on fire for God, you can't help but tell others about Him. If you're not reaching lost people, you've drifted. Number six, sixth sign that you've drifted, you stop giving to God. And Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other or be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon and money. Deuteronomy 14, verse 23, it says the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your life. Do you know the most important part of tithing is that it demonstrates to the Lord that He's first in your life. Your giving is a thermometer of the state of your heart. When somebody stops giving, the moment somebody stops tithing at our church, I know they're drifting. It's a thermometer. Number seven, the seventh sign that you know you've drifted, you stop serving in church. In 1 Peter 5 verse 5, it says, and all of you serve each other with, with humble spirits. You see, serving is a sign of humility. 
It says, serve each other with humble spirits, for God gives special blessings to those who are humble, but he sets himself against the proud. Can I tell you, every single member of Christian Family Church Johannesburg, you should be serving in the church in some way or another. Every single person. Not for our sake, for your sake. Jesus was our example. He came to serve and to give. He humbled himself and he became a servant. When you stop serving in ministry, you've drifted. Number eight, the eighth sign that you can tell you've drifted. You are offended and critical. Jesus said offenses are gonna come, get ready. Every single one of us has opportunity to be offended. Do you know that people got offended at Jesus? Do you know that if Jesus was the pastor of Christian Family Church in the flesh, he'd upset people? He'd probably upset more people than Apostle Theo has. Matthew chapter 13, verse 57. People became offended and began to turn against him. John 6, verse 61. Jesus knew they were outraged and he told them, are you offended over my teaching? And so from that time, many, say many, many of the disciples turned their backs on Jesus and refused to be associated with him. Can you imagine that? Offense is a trap of the enemy and it's designed to distract you from God's purpose and God's plan for your life. That's why the scripture says in 1 Peter 4 verse 8, above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Love forgives and disregards the offenses of others. When you walk in love, you can't take offense. The moment you take offense, you're not walking in love anymore. That's why the apostle Paul he said in Acts 24, verse 16, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. I strive to have a conscience that is without offense toward God and toward people. He had to work at, at not being offended. Do you know it takes effort to stay free of offense? You've got to determine you're not going to fall into the trap and you're not going to let other people pull you into that trap. Because in Romans 16, verse 17, it says, watch out. For those who cause divisions and offenses among you, when they antagonize you by speaking of things that are contrary to the teachings that you've received, don't be caught in their snare. Offended people become critical people. James 4 verse 11, don't criticize and speak evil about each other, dear brothers. If you do, you'll be fighting against God's law of loving one another, declaring it as wrong. Your job is not to decide whether the law is right or wrong. Your job is to obey it. Only he who made the law can rightly judge among us. He alone decides to save or destroy. What right do you have to criticize and judge others? Number nine. Ninth sign that you've drifted, you have secret sins. Psalm 90 verse 8. You spread out our sins before you, our secret sins, and you see them all. Nothing is hidden from God, family, and sin is designed to draw you and cause you to drift away from the Lord. 
What do you do if you're in that situation? <laughs> Proverbs 28, verse 13, people who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess them and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Thank God He is merciful, and you can come to the Lord, and He will forgive you and cleanse you and, and get right back on track. Don't ever run from God, run to Him. And then finally, how do you, how do you, how do you know you're drifting? Number 10, your will is more important than God's will. On the night that Jesus was about, the night before He was about to be crucified, he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He didn't want to die. And what did he say? He said, Father, if there's any way to get me out of this, please, not what I want, what you want. Not my will, but your will. Do you know we are also called to live to fulfill God's will? Remember we read the scripture, only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. In 1 John 2, 17, this world is fading away and these evil forbidden things will go with it. But whoever keeps doing the will of God will live forever. Are we truly willing to do God's will or are we only willing to do God's will if it aligns with our will? I wonder, Jesus didn't want to die on the cross and in the generation in which we live, where so many people have the attitude, do whatever you want to do, be who you want to be, sleep with whoever you want to sleep with. When's the last time we said, Lord, I, I, I don't want to abstain from sex, but not what I want, what you want, your will be done in my life. Even Jesus had a nevertheless moment. And what makes us think that we won't have to deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow him? So family, listen, as I, as I close, let me say this to you. Let's not forget how great our salvation is. Jesus has saved us from our sins. He's given us new life. He's redeemed us from the curse. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. He's saved us from an eternity in hell. He's prepared a home in heaven for us. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us power. He's given us authority. He's given us a life of purpose. We can live and fulfill God's purpose on this earth. You can actually see God's kingdom come. His will be done. I believe, family, you can step into a supernatural life or you can drift and just barely make it. But I'm telling you, I believe that we are poised for the greatest revival that the world has ever seen. And I'm asking you today, check yourself, test yourself. If you've drifted, get back, fulfill God's plan, fulfill God's purpose in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. Tell your neighbor, I'm not drifting. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.